we have a saying at Madison we get to do this, right? Like the honor of my life is to both change our customers' lives because they look amazing and they feel amazing for quality price with a great product with ingredients. And at the same time, I want to change team members' lives. Like I get to do this. Welcome to the Glam and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Takara Suet, head of partnerships at Wavebreak. On this show, we talk with leaders of beauty, fashion, and lifestyle brands. We dive into their stories, lessons learned, and perspectives on how the industry is ever evolving. Subscribe and join us each week as we glam and grow. This episode is brought to you by Wavebreak. Most brands don't email right and it costs them. With ad costs getting more and more expensive, a world-class email and SMS program is essential. This is why Wavebreak exists. We're the premier email and SMS marketing agency that helps brands take their retention programs to the next level. If you want to learn more about partnering with us and how we can help, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co slash call. Joining me today on Glam and Grow is Amy Arad, CEO and founder of Madison Reed. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's great. I'm really excited about being here. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so before we dive into Madison Reed, which I cannot he- wait to hear all about, tell me a little bit about your background in venture capital and when was the exact moment you decided to launch the brand? Yeah, I was a full-time VC before I launched Madison Reed. I w- uh, opened and ran Mavron's office in the Bay Area, which my partner was uh, Howard Schultz and Dan Levitan, though Seattle-based consumer only early stage investing. So I did that for six and a half years, opened and ran that office and had an amazing experience there and funded a lot of great companies. Babron's a great firm, but I missed operating. And uh, I was a three-time operator before that. Uh, so the moment came about by just some personal things, uh, which were um, my wife had has had to color her hair every two weeks since she's 25. Wow. So, you know, some people genetically just, she has very dark hair got gray very early. So I was like watching the bills and also watching her agony about feeling like she was living in the stylist chair every two weeks. And so one day I was in Whole Foods and uh, she texted me, you know, at like the meat department. She says, can you get me some hair color? I'm like, what? You know, who even knows at Whole Foods how to find the hair color? But I get over to the aisle, the personal care where it is in Whole Foods. And I'm like, Claire, there's like, four boxes. That's it. They all have dust on them. Well, get me the darkest color you can. And in her mind, she thought she was getting something that was organic and had great ingredients. But the truth was it really isn't. And then by chance, I went to Walgreens to pick up some prescriptions right afterwards. And I literally walked down the hair color aisle. It was like, you know, I don't know what it was calling me towards this crazy category. And I just looked and I was like, oh my Lord, all these boxes, little yellow tags, no difference, no advice, no selection, and certainly no great ingredients. And I just instinctively bought 30 boxes. It was like, put them in the cart. And they thought, I, I think they thought I was crazy. And I got home and I opened the boxes and I couldn't believe the experience. Like such a bad experience. You know, nothing's recyclable. You know, you open the first thing and it tells you the ingredients. Uh, open a window before you start. It, it, people should actually look at that. It's crazy. And because the, the smell is so overwhelming. So I just was like, I all of a sudden the switch went off and I was just intrigued. And then uh, did a lot of research afterwards, found out that there was no prestige category at all for at-home hair color. And so thought maybe I'd find somebody and I would uh, incubate it and, you know, have them run it. Uh, and uh, one, as soon as I found out the size of the prize and the velocity for which as I say, she's going to color her hair no matter what happens. Pandemic, recession. Absolutely. Right. This is just, this is wit- toothpaste for women. Right. So I, I just that. couldn't, I couldn't resist. Yeah. I think it's actually more important than toothpaste because it's just your hair. <laughs> it really is. Your hair. What's is, your identity? Like, yeah. Uh, it's such an indicator of how you feel about yourself. Exactly. Like it's such a sensitive exactly topic for people. So I find that so interesting. So to say you've disrupted the industry, I think is is quite the understatement. So um, I also, there's so many directions we can go in, but I also want to yeah. hear 
specifically about those harsh ingredients and what some of the biggest mm-hmm. differ- differentiators there are um, within the brand. And then how long from you having that experience in the in CVS, I believe you said, to actually Walgreens. start Walgreens <laughs> <laughs> to starting right. to starting the brand. How long did that process take? Did you like yeah. quit your job and you were like, let's go? Or or how long was the uh, development process? Yeah. Let's let's start with the ingredients. Um so we have an eight free formula. We're the only people that have that. And you know, um about the estimate is about 15% of women have some sort of allergy to hair color, the way it exists, traditional hair color. It is mostly this one thing called PPD. And if you, it tends to happen with people with darker hair because PPD is the sort of chemical that is the color stabilizer in mostly the dark colors, brunette and on. Uh, but there's a whole range of things that people can be allergic to from literally itching to blistering to anaphylactic shock. And uh, there's this little trick. I have no idea what it is, but stylists put a sweet and low literally that little pack of the sweet and low into the hair. Oh, wow. And it has, you know, they claim that it stops women that have uh, these itchies of itching. I don't know why. I, I, ne- I never looked into it. We have no sweet and low in our <laughs> Okay, color. good. Uh, and so we have no ammonia, no PPD, no resorcinol, no phthalates, no gluten. Gluten is an interesting one uh, because if you are a celiac, you obviously, if something has gluten or wheat in it and put it on your skin or your hair, you're going to have an electric reaction, right? And people don't think about that. So we have an eight-free formula, really proud of that. Um, we carry that through all of our products. So, you know, we have a, a number of products that support permanent hair color. So we have, uh, you know, uh, root touch-ups that extend your color, whether it's powder or liquid. We have uh, what we call Color Solve, which is a shampoo and conditioner and four different hair textures where you can add a color shot to it to do color. We have color depositing masks, so on and so forth. So uh yeah. So that so that part we care about in terms of uh the part that I quit my job. Um, you know, venture capital is one of those things that sort of extracting oneself isn't the same as a job. You're a partner in a fund. And so I told them that I wasn't going to be part of the next fund, which was imminent. And then I had about a one-year extraction and stayed on boards. And that I actually physically incubated Madison Reed at Mavron's office. And they were some of the initial investors in the company. Uh, it took us, um, from the time I dis- decided to do it, which was like February of 2013, to the time that we launched, which was July of 2014. So we've been shipping products for about eight and a half years. It took about a year and a half, a little bit more than that, just about a year and a half. And we had to learn how to make hair color. So like, and then we had to, we did a lot of consumer testing. And this is something that if somebody's, if people are really interested in this, I think this was an area that we got right from the beginning. And it was because I had had a lot of experience at Mavron and people starting companies for consumers that did a lot of the work about what wasn't working in the existing thing they were disrupting. And that is like really critical. So if you have a, so what in your business, I try to tell people all the time, you have to have some disruption. You have to do something differently that would make a customer switch from one thing to yours. In our case, it was ingredients clearly, but the second piece was the box and the use and the experience of the box. So we went into over 50 women's bathrooms. We paid them. We we uh, put on Craigslist, so you want to color your hair for $100 in front of us. <laughs> and we had 52 or 53 women that said yes, which is astounding. We said, send a picture to us. We text the picture, which they did. And then we went to Walgreens and bought a box of what we thought the closest color was. And then they literally, um, we had a video crew and we went in and we said, look, you know, we're not going to go in when you do the shower and all that kind of stuff, but we want to see the experience. So we'll videotape you open the box. And then uh, here, so here's where the consistency was. Not one of the 50 people got through the uh, the instructions and read them. Uh, not one. Yeah. I mean, what a brilliant idea. It's interesting. Yeah. Like that when I've thought about coloring my hair at different times or really attempting to color my hair, it, it in the past has never been a good experience. So I think you, you yeah. really hit the nail on yeah. the head with that for sure. Um, what were some of the top learnings um, from your background in VC, aside from the story you just shared that you brought to the brand that you really 
think helped accelerate the success of the brand so quickly? One is, as I said, you have to have product differentiation. Two is, I think, technology enablement in this day and age. I mean, and if you look at any of the other box colors, like we, you could, you know, we have a try-on tool, you know, so you could see your hair right now with every Madison Reed color by swiping, by just, you know, using the try-on tool. We have an algorithm in a color quiz that uh, asks you uh, basic, basically, you know, uh, 18 questions. And through that, we are color matching you right online. We give uh, you access to a concierge who's a colorist on video or on chat. So like what I learned was to differentiate, it had to be both the product and the experience uh, and technology enablement, which was huge. And then I think the last thing is that, you know, what I learned from VC is don't go into a business where the size of the prize isn't massive. And in our case, we had done a lot of work on what was the total addressable market. For us, what, what was different is people in the beginning thought it was just the at-home market, which is about 52% of all, 52% of women in the U.S. color at home. So I know that's an astounding number because many of you out there are like, well, I go to a stylist and everybody I know, well, 52% of women color at home. So we had a big TAM, but remember we were losing, uh, we were missing half of it. So I always knew we'd go, uh, go up against the salon lover, the salon person and get them. I didn't expect we'd get them with box color. Um, so that's why we have hair color bars. And so we're really disrupting both sides of the equation. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely want to touch on that and the brand being omni-channel, definitely. Um, but before we dive into that, I would love to hear more about how effective the color quiz is for you, how how much um, it helps for customer acquisition. And then beyond that, how do you analyze the data and continue to optimize? Yeah. So the color quiz, so at 85% of anybody that starts it completes it. So like check, we know that it's effective then about the user experience. The outcome usually serves you three shades, two or three shades, depending on what you tell us. So the way the color quiz is ineffective <laughs> is if you're not answering the questions, you know, sort of accurately. So if you tell us you have no gray hair, but you're 50% gray, that's going to be a problem, right? <laughs> because if you're 50% gray, we have a whole line of products that are meant for 50% gray or more, right? Um, but it's pretty, it's pretty good because our net promoter score in the company, like sitting here today, I could look it up, but it's about mid 60. So that is astoundingly high of a net promoter score in a consumer based company where I never saw you, but I'm predicting the colors that you should get. Right. So I think that part is really good. And then, as I said, we wrap human beings around that that are colorists. I would say our technology has been really effective. And that's been a key accelerator to the business growth. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, let's talk about COVID. You mentioned, you know, 52% of women are, are dying their hair at home during COVID. Yeah. I think it was 99.9% .9 unless they were like yeah. running to somebody's garage. So I, I would imagine the business exploded beyond your wildest dreams. And I think probably a lot of those customers continued to dye their hair at, at home, even beyond COVID. Um, so what were some of the things that you did to keep up with demand during COVID and, yeah. and how were you able to do so? Yeah. So our business doubled in our online business in 10 months. And um, we've, we have kept a significant number of those customers. So I think you're number one, check, you're absolutely correct that a woman who would have never done it at home now is doing it going, oh my God, this is easy and it looks great. And it's $25, right? So, okay. So that's check. Um, we, you know, we had, uh, in fact, the CFO and I were laughing about this recently because we had, I think, 11 weeks of inventory on hand, which is a pretty good amount. Well, when you double your business in less than a year, you, it, you know, like in a week, we were going to be gone. That's how big the demand was. Uh, we were selling a box of hair color every four seconds for months. Wow. So it, it was like a velocity and we'd make our hair color in Italy. And we make our hair color in the region of Italy that was hit the hardest by COVID. I can't make it up. So the stories I could share with you about how we kept color in, you know, we looked at the, we looked at the first couple of days and we're like, Oh my goodness, we're going to miss this opportunity. And the other part of it was like, we were humbled by what happened because, you know, 
it's horrible. Like the world was going upside down and we were exploding. And so we had to understand for women, like at least coloring their hair could make you feel better about your life looking in Zoom, right? That's been an interesting phenomenon, by the way. I think our business has increased dramatically because of Zoom. Because you're really? looking at yourself. Yeah, and you're looking at your roots. D- tell me right now, you're looking at your roots. Like every yeah, day you're I going, mean, definitely my hair for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my point is that all of a sudden you're looking at yourself all day long. And so that's kind of been an interesting phenomenon. So we did a lot of things. One, uh, we had to negotiate with the Italian government to leave the factory open. Wow. The only way that we got to do that was we made hand sanitizer for free. So we really, we got really scrappy. So all night and all day long, they were just producing Madison Reed hair collars. And then we had to get trucks and we had air freight it. So if I told you the cost of bringing hair color into this uh, country, but (laughs) you know, the, the, it was minuscule compared to what was happening in the business. We had, you know, like anybody else, huge distribution issues of distribution centers and getting the boxes to people. Uh, and we were always weighing the fact that there were a lot of people in those centers that got sick. And so we had to have empathy for what was happening and not be the source of pushing COVID towards people, right? So we did a lot of things for the partners that we had. You know, we bought hand sanitizer. We tried, we paid for overtime. Like we did a ton of things that we thought were the right things for the people. You know, um, our, here's the interesting part. This is where our algorithm was really useful. There were popular shades that would just run out. There was nothing we could do. But since we gave people two or three choices, they could use the other two. Right. And that was always something that protected our customers. We would say like, this is slightly, slightly more violet or slightly more ash and it looked great on their hair. Right. So um, it was interesting, like after COVID, we had a number of customers coming back and saying, I used to use this. I'm using this. Which one should I use? Um, so I, I would say that it was, I had never seen anything like it. It was traumatic. We had an, uh, a response team, myself, the COO, the, the chief product officer, the chief marketing officer on the phone. I, I can't make this up every morning at 7 a.m., seven days a week for a year. Wow. And it just, we had to watch every every part of the business. Uh, we had to close 12 stores. We had 12 stores open at the time, hair color bars. We moved everybody to the call center so no one got let go, none of the stylists, because we had so much demand in the call center that we needed certified licensed colors. They didn't know how to use technology so I think we bought every Chromebook in the Bay Area that was available and <laughs> sent them to people with headsets and trained them in 10 days. So we had to go into overdrive. And I would say, it was interesting, the board was calling me saying, like, are you are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, you know, the wheels aren't coming off the bus, but every night I'm in the garage pumping them up with a bunch of people uh, changing out the carburetor. So it it was it, it was very amazing. And our team really, like, I don't, I don't know if we've ever stopped to celebrate the fact that we kind of got to that point. I was going to say, are you okay? <laughs> that was We're such fine. an incredible We're story. Great because here's the other part. Like a lot of people experience that. A lot of D2C companies experience this amazing growth. Then in 21, it just fell off the ledge. And in 22, got worse. We've grown every year. So we kept the base and we grew over it the first year and we've grown over it this year. And we're going to grow massively next year. So I think for us, it wasn't just a one-time event. It was a one-time event, but it was a one-time event that pulled forward the brand and the business. And I think we're not, you know, we're clearly um, sort of taking that and, and going the next level with it now. Yeah. I mean, that was going to be my next question as much as you had this, you know, monumental success in 2020, maybe this still in 2021, but to keep it going till today and and keep up that growth. Um, that's when you really have to step up as CEO. So like, what were some of the smartest things you would say that you did during that time? I think moving all those people over to the call center was risky financially, but it paid off in terms of loyalty, service to customers teaching new skills. We have a number of people who never went back to the stores. They were like, oh, I love this. I learned technology. Remember, stylists don't get career opportunities. 
they're trained as a cosmetologist to do hair or estheticians or those things. They don't, who, who teaches them technology and who gives them opportunities for leadership and management, right? So one thing was that I think it proved to our workforce that we were serious about career laddering and growth. I think the second thing was we got really much smarter about inventory management and, you know, systems and infrastructure. I mean, we weren't built for the size that we ended up being, right? And so that I think that was smart. We had to upgrade our team. We had to supercharge our team into people who had done this at scale differently. Uh, and so I think that was a good move. I'd also say that we've invested enormously in culture given the remote nature. Like we didn't, we were hiring like crazy and we were hiring everywhere throughout the country. And so when you stop, right, and then you look at your workforce and you're like, oh my goodness, it's not all in the Bay Area. Okay, what are we going to do? You have to go to a different level of how culture holds itself, how it builds, what are the traditions. So I used to have lunch on Monday, it used to be. We've changed it to Wednesday coming out of COVID. But on Wednesday at 12.15, no matter where I am in the in the world, I have lunch with the entire team wow. on Zoom. And we used to struggle about if you weren't physically in the office, how were you going to stream me? So people that weren't in the office then missed the lunches. We would record them. But now it's on Zoom. And so I get hundreds of people on the lunch. And... I've kept that going no matter what happened. Um, and where I talk about what's happening in the company, we welcome new um, team members with balloons in the in behind them. You know, we go crazy. We do two truths and a lie. We talk about the team members that are leaving and the contributions they've given to the company. We have these cultural value shout outs that people write in our sort of intranet. And I announce those. I announce what happened in the board meeting. I announce where we are, you know, in our growth trajectory. So every Wednesday, people are touching and feeling senior leadership in a way that's completely different. On Friday mornings, I have coffee with Amy, nine o'clock every Friday morning Pacific. You're going to find me there. You know, sometimes there's 15 people, sometimes there's 60 people that come on and it has nothing to do with business. It is just like I pose a question. It's usually some sort of life question. It can go one of two ways. It could be funny. It could be serious. It could be meaningful to somebody. And it's unbelievable because now you have a way for people who never work together to get to know each other on a deeper level. And there's just such extraordinary things that come out of it. There's usually a lot of tears. But, it, you know, we uh, I'll tell you one other thing we did. We gave mental health services support to every team member at one point in the height of COVID. Of course, it's anonymous. We don't know team members. And 60% of our team using it. 60. Wow. Right. The anxiety level for people, little kids at home, like it was we, you know, there will be a time in the world where people will look back a professor or something and say, this changed the world and behavior, remote work, right? Like our relationship to work, the silver linings, the things that didn't go well, you know, stopping and looking at life differently. So we were trying to be in touch with what was going on in our customers and our workforce, we took it really seriously. And I think our culture, we we use something called Glint. There are other competitive products. They are an employee pulse survey. We do it every six weeks. And our Glint scores went up during COVID and have stayed up, you know, and you could do it by different categories. And I think it's because people get it that it's not perfect. They get it that management, leadership, sees this as one of the most important things we're ever going to do is to make this an amazing place for you to work. Wow. I love that. And, you know, it's been so challenging to to navigate, especially having remote teams, but it really sounds like you've come up with some really creative ideas from a cultural perspective. And then the fact that you were able to retain all those team members and allocate them in different roles is is really incredible. And I think I think that's amazing. Here's a fun fact. Over 81% of consumers are opted into text messages from their favorite brands. They're finding out first about limited time offers, new products, and they're having two-way conversations, all via text messaging. And that, my friends, is where Attentive comes in. Attentive is a personalized text messaging platform that lets you grow your SMS subscriber list, interact with customers in real time, 
and unlock a new source of revenue. With tons of best practices built in, Attentive makes sure your audience stays engaged too. Thousands of innovative brands like CB2, Pura Vida, and Coach have created magical customer experiences and driven millions in online revenue using Attentive-powered text messages. Meet your secret weapon to cut through the clutter, grow brand love, and drive more sales. Relevant, engaging, mobile first. That's Attentive. See what they can do for you at attentivemobile.com slash wavebreak. Attentive, drive sales with text message marketing. Let's talk about education. Um, I just want to touch on that, how you feel you've been best able to educate your customers. Obviously for most, I will say people, not even just women dying their hair at home is like not that easy. I think once you get the hang of it, it's easier especially for people who are newly having a couple gray hairs. Um, It's really, it's really challenging. Um, And some people, I I feel like you can burn your hair off if you don't, don't do it properly. So how important is education to Madison Reed and and what do you think is the most effective way of educating future customers? So first of all, let's go back to that instructions thing, right? Like you get the box, the box is beautifully cured. So you're not opening something that's like, what the heck is this and plastic and all that, right? And then the instructions are so easy. They're like pictures. They're big and they're like an accordion pleat and they're kind of fun. And so you kind of read them. You're like, oh, well, well, this seems easy. You know, we have tons of content online, like where you can watch a video and understand it in 30 seconds, right? So we've done a lot. And then, of course, the customer support around it, we made the product be cream-based. And this is really critical because many of our competitors are oil-based. So when you have a cream-based product, you have to shake it up a lot more, right? But you're not going to ruin your bathroom. When you have an oil-based product, that thing is gone everywhere, right? (laughs) And so we have, you know, we gave, we have barrier cream that stops you from staining your skin. We have wipes that if you stain your skin, you could come off. We have a cap, right? Like what, so now what we can't do, and I think this is the hardest part and anybody listening to this is going to laugh. Hardest part of coloring your hair at the back of your head. Yes, for it's just, sure. It's just the truth. Truth. So we do give a lot of instructions of tips and tricks, which is just how to separate it and basically how to pull through the color from the root. Um, you know, two pairs of gloves, like just a lot of stuff that we thought through we do not get feedback from people that they're, you know, trashing their bathroom or that they're, you know, ruining their hair. Because the other part of it is this is much more restorative to your hair and better for your hair. You know, we tell you exactly how long to keep it on, right? We tell you tips and tricks about, you know, set a timer now on your phone. Um, so I think we've done a really good job. That's not where the ep- the epicenter. The epicenter of the problem we see is is someone didn't tell us how great they were, and we gave them a shade that was great, but not a shade set up for fifty percent more gray hair. Fifty percent more gray hair is color resistant. It's just what it is. It's the absence of color. You are losing color in your hair, so it becomes much more coarse, and it's hard for your hair to absorb the color. And just to get into the science for a second, when you color your hair and you're coloring your roots, just think about this. The rest of your hair is a different color. So hair color, it seems like it's up, should be easy. Well, what it has to do is it has to merge the part of your hair that's a different color with the part of your hair that's already the color. And it has to effectively be able to do that, right? So a lot of hair color will band, meaning this part looks different than this part. And ours just doesn't do that. We've used, a, I mean, I just have to say this. You don't wear an Allure Beauty product of the year. You don't, you know, I'm at this eight and a half years. You don't get a 60, sometimes 70 NPS if your product is terrible. You can't open hair color bars and use the same product on people with stylists if your hair color is bad. We have great hair color. I can say that with surety. So we haven't figured out yet exactly how to get the back of your hair, but we're working <laughs> on some ideas. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Uh, so you're saving one bathroom at a time. And then for all yes, the customers, exactly. I love that. <laughs> all the customers who realize that it's just not their forte, they can't do it. I want to yeah. talk about the 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 hair bars um, yeah. and how important it is for the brand to be omni-channel. Yeah, well, 
let's go back to the 52 and 48, right? There's 48% of women who prefer to have somebody else do it. They just, that's their preference. That's great. We love that. So an omni-channel business is, you know, exactly what the definition should be. Making your product available anytime, anywhere, anyway for a customer. So if you buy our product in Ulta, awesome. If you want to buy our product at Ulta.com, awesome. If you want to come to MadisonReed.com, if you want to come into now 76, 76 wow. locations, we'll end the year with 80, right? And you want us to color your hair faster, less expensive, with ingredients you know, and here's the kicker, the portability. So this is the part of the model that people don't understand. If you're going to a stylist today that's, you know, in you live in Chicago, you're going to a stylist in Chicago. You're traveling and you're in Los Angeles. This is like the pedicure, the manicure, the waxing, the, all the things that you didn't get done before you left, right? You're looking in the mirror and you're like, oh my God, I got to get these roots done. I, <laughs> I, I can't just pop into any stylist in Chicago, right? You can go to any Madison Reed. You go to a Madison Reed if you've been online and taken our color quiz, we know how to match you. If you've bought a box, we know how to match. If you go to our hair color bar in Oak Brook in Chicago and you walk into Newport Beach, we have the technology that knows exactly what we put on your hair in, in Oak Brook. We have memberships. So we know, oh, welcome. It's the same price, right? Like you have 80 different locations. So we have customers that have gone to 10, 12, 15 all around the country because it is built. What has happened in hair color is it used to be that you had to go back to the same place with some regular cadence. It's not convenient. So this is changing that whole paradigm with great results. Yeah. And just to have the continuity in the color, I feel like sometimes even if you see the same stylist, you don't always get the same results. Well, so just because that- let me tell you what's happening in that. This is just like a little technical thing, right? One is that that stylist is mixing what they think is custom color for you. So let's assume they're just off a little bit with one color on, you know, that Friday versus the Friday before, right? Your hair still looks slightly different. We're using the same tubes. We have 60 colors. So it is not 60 monotone colors. It's not black, brown. We have like 14 brunettes, right? So I have custom matched colors already in a tube. So the same consistency is going to happen. It's not what people get afraid of is that the typical box color is monotone. So it's sort of like you're looking like you have shoe polish on your hair, right? Our colors are monochromatic. And so they have depth. I mean, look at my hair. They have different color in them. So they have gold, violet, and neutral, right? And that's the same thing the person's mixing in the back. The difference is that we've pre-mixed that to make it convenient and portable. Yeah, that that is incredible. Um, approaching retail, how... You expanded so quickly. Like you mentioned, you're almost at your 80th store by the end of this year. Did you utilize a a partner to help scale retail as quickly as you have? Or have you built out a retail leadership team? Or what does that strategy look like? And then we've done it all. We've done it all ourselves. We've built out a real estate and development team who were very seasoned professionals who came in, who understood how to look at regions and decide what locations and you know, we were pretty specific, right? We have stayed fr- stayed away from indoor malls. We've been primarily outdoor lifestyle centers. We have some urban locations, but we are scientific. We are looking at cell phone data. We are looking at, um, here's our demo, 35 plus, close to 100,000 plus of household income. Married, has kids, is a professional, and time constrained. Welcome to women. Uh, and <laughs> great point. <laughs> right. And so we're looking at, and then we can compare that with our online business. Because remember, we already had millions of customers that had done business with us before we started opening hair color bars. So we knew that, and then we 
people would think, well, you, don't you open a hair color bar where you don't have a lot of customers? The answer is absolutely no. Because what you, the key to a store is the first 100 days, right? So this is a retention-based business. It's the same thing online. The key to the box continuity is in the first three boxes, right? That You learn that about your business very quickly. So if we go to a population of people that already know the brand, that have brand essence, and all of a sudden, maybe they have been converted yet, but they walk by a store and see 10 women in there, and they're beautiful and modern. They're like, oh, geez, what's this? Let me walk in. I've been, you know, as I say, we are one of the few brands in the world where people stop me and they say the following, I love your brand. Oh my God, it's so amazing what you've done, but I'm petrified. So we are this brand that has a shine that's empowering. And let's never forget because the risk is so great that your appearance and confidence would be altered, that it is, we need to do the heavy lifting. That's our job. So this is a hard business for conversion. There's a huge friction point. The the business has to show its efficacy every time. It's like people tell me all the time, well, like, you know, how what's the quality? I'm like, no, no. Every Tuesday, six-week cadence, she's got to get that box, right? Hair color's time bounds. Every time she walks into a hair color bar, the results have to be perfect, not just good enough. And so the quality is really has to stand on its own. And we're working really hard at that. It's not easy. So I, the other thing I want to share with people is I think why we will win the category, hands down. And we Aren't you winning yet. already? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. I think question. you are. I, I'm you have confident my personality. that you are. If you have my personality type, Hillary's probably laughing right now. Um, <laughs> if you have my personality type, absolutely no. Um, and it's because, uh, of course, I celebrate. And every day I think to myself, uh, you know, we have a saying at Madison Reed, we get to do this, right? Like the honor of my life is to both change our customers' lives because they look amazing and they feel amazing for quality price with a great product with ingredients. And at the same time, I want to change team members' lives. Like I get to do this. And I think that that's important. But at the same time, you know, I like nice killers. And I don't mean killers in a negative way. I mean, people who like, you know, I tell them Madison Reed this. So it's named after my daughter. Her first name's Madison. Her middle name's Reed. Good things happen in life if people earn them. We're grinders here. We're going to grind this thing out and we're going to keep on going and we're going to pop our head up someday. And realize that we are the brand that won this category globally. Um, so we got a lot, we got a lot to accomplish. I'm gonna hurt. Yeah, I, I bet you are. I mean, it's so inspiring. And I, I think you really have earned it. It's it's not just like, oh, how how can I win as much as possible? You are changing lives on your team and your customers. I think it's incredible. Um, I think it's amazing that you do analyze the data to figure out where your customers live and then open the hair bars in those locations. I think that makes so much sense. Um, do you have a lot of customers that do both? They they pop in the salon yeah. and then if you know yeah. they, they don't have the time or whatever, how how big is that percentage of overlap? Probably about 20%. So the industry average is 11. So like if you ask L'Oreal the same question, they'd say 11% of women get a box and also go to salons. For us, it's almost double indexing. Uh, it's very interesting. That is not what our... People ask me all the time, well, is that the brass ring? And the answer is it, no. Because I, if you are agnostic and really say you're agnostic, then trying to force somebody into something that isn't convenient or they don't want to do isn't really convenient. Right. It isn't agnostic. So like I have a lot of customers all the time who say, Oh, are the hair color brush just marketing acquisition for boxes? And my answer is absolutely no. The unit economics of those stores need to have services and we have membership. Like we're the only people that can do this. You know, we have a unlimited roots membership where for $65, you can come in as many times as 30 days as you want. Wow. I mean, who else could do that? Right. I have over 20,000 members already. And we're going to, you'll see us introduce another one that, that one is for the per person that has to color every four weeks or less. 
which, you know, a significant, as the population ages, trust me, you have to co- color every four weeks and less. We're going to roll out one soon. That's for people that color, you know, probably on the average, you know, five weeks and plus or six weeks, which is another membership. The reason I could do that or we can do it is because it's the same product. I mean, the only very, I don't have a, a cost of goods problem, right? So the reason we could do it is because if we price it right, we know the unit economics are there for us. So we're, we are going to turn the business upside down. So we're going to turn the, what I talked to you about around, you know, what I, I call the portability of access in any store upside down because of technology and information and consistency. But we're also going to turn this into a business where, you know, whenever you need to come, you just, you've paid one price every month and that's the end of that. Yeah. It, that That's such a wonderful business model too. It's like very clear and it's just it's clean, so yep. time Simple. consuming and ex- totally. ex- typically so expensive. It's unbelievable. So you really are changing lives in the sense. Yeah. That so if I really tell you just on your it. mobile phone, you're going to get a push notification. Oh, it's time to make another appointment. Here's four around the time you came. Click. I mean, Amazing. so we're, we're going to, you know, this is, um, yeah, we, we got a lot on our plate to, to change. Incredible. Uh, I want to touch on marketing briefly. What marketing channel has been most effective for you? Is it primarily organic or now is it actually, um, the, the hair bars or what channels most yeah. effective? So our most valuable customer, even if they're buying retail is the customer that comes into the store. So there's just no question because they are, They've signaled that they want to be in the experience of the brand, right? And so that, that's some of the reason you have the stores. Um, having said that, the marketing channels are really the following. So we have started to gain major market share around search because local search is completely different than national search. So if I'm sitting in, you know, Phoenix and I Google, you know, hair salon in Phoenix, I have an unfair advantage now to show up, right? So local marketing in general has been huge for us. Events, activations, things in the store, out of home, radio. Radio has been wow. the killer for the brand. So I started radio in 2016. So often when I'm with people, they'll recognize my voice because they hear it all the time. So we started initially on satellite radio. There's 60 second spots where I tell the story of naming it after my daughter and the ingredient story. And the value proposition. So we do radio spots for at home and we do radio spots for hair color bars. We target them. We now do local radio. We do national remnant radio. Uh, we do direct mail. And what we find is that when we, when we, you hear about us three times and one of those times could be walking by a store and in the stores, 40% of our customers come by either walk by or referral from a friend. So a lot of organic traffic starting. But just like everybody else in D2C, we've been through the Facebook, you know, whatever you want to call it, blank uh, cluster. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, we've we've figured out a way to crack some codes there, but it's not the majority of our marketing dollars anymore. Yeah, it's so refreshing to hear any other answer than TikTok. <laughs> and, and I haven't heard radio yeah. or direct mail. So that's really interesting to hear. And I also think in understanding your customer, podcast. that's not surprising to me, actually. I think Pod- that's- uh, true crime podcast is our episode. <laughs> That's your woman demographic, right? Every woman loves true crime. True <laughs> so crime is, is like the gorier, the better. And she's listening. She's running or she's walking and she's listening. And she's like, you know, my voice shows up and there you go. That's hysterical. Um, looking back over the course of your whole career, but really uh, since the inception of the brand, is there anything you'd go back and do differently? It's a fantastically insightful question. Well, um, the part, the part that sits on Amy's shoulder that is, you know, always pushing for being better, of course says yes. The part on Amy's shoulder that's gotten older and wiser and, you know, is like, man, I'm just who I am. You know, I've tried to do the, you know, um, that more conscious present part, you know, believes in uh, we are exactly where we're supposed to be at every moment. Um, that life's journey is about presence real presence like in this moment having a great time with you is life's journey right and i think that i've done a lot of work about like finding my genius finding the places where i have some talents that are just effortlessly flow through me 
And then looking at the places where, no, no, Amy, don't go there, don't go there, right? So you wouldn't want me in the accounting department, nor would you want me coding uh, <laughs> and probably a whole bunch of other things. And so I've learned that our egos are the epicenter of the problems, right? And one has to let that go. And I've surrounded myself with amazing people. If I was self-critical about that, there's probably things that I should have changed faster, right? Like, here's what I tell leaders all the time. When you're thinking about your team, um, when you know, you know. And most leaders will rationalize because we're human beings. We don't want to hurt someone's life to tell them this isn't a good fit. But what I've also learned is, you know, like one of our values at Madison Reed is love. And I, I teach a, a case, this Madison Reed is a case at Stanford Business School. And I teach uh, every year, like quite a few times, the case with the professor uh, at the business school. And there's one of the professors who's a really close friend, but we have this thing every time where he's, he raises in the case about how love can't make sense as a value in a company. Like the values of the company should be like profits and growth and blah, 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 right? And my response to that is, I just don't think that's true. I think if you state that you need to love your customers, really love them, they come first and you love your team members and you realize, like I serve at the pleasure of three entities. I serve at the pleasure of our customers. I serve at the pleasure of our investors. And I serve at the pleasure of my team members. So I've learned a lot about servant leadership. I believe in it. I'm dedicated to it. I believe when you are self-aware, then people see your humanity. And, you know, I think I had, I learned a little bit later than my Wharton training that one always is trained to lead from your head. They want your strategy. They want the facts. And what I learned, you have to lead from your heart. And when you lead from your heart and there is strategy, you'll get the smartest, most talented people who want to be part of your team and, uh, and teams, everything. So, you know, that's a long winded answer of saying, I do a lot of things differently. I'm thrilled at where we are right now. And we have a lot of battles still to fight. Like this stuff is never done. Like when people ask me like, when will you know? I will never know. What I will know is in the moment, did we change people's lives? Did we have a positive impact? I think check we have, but I think we can scale bigger. Yeah, that is a brilliant answer. And thank you for sharing that. Um, so what's next for you and Madison Reed? The scaling is next. Now we have to move from, you know, I, I try to explain to people like, okay, we built the frame. Check. Steady. It's there. It's got permanence, right? The siding's on the side of the buildings. People look at it and they say, oh, yeah, I know that, that purple thing. Yeah, they do hair color, right? So we've built that. So check. There's awareness. Now, the way that the house gets built up, like what's in what room? How much space does that take? What kind of furniture can we afford, right? Like all those things still have to be built in the company. We have a very complex business. We have an omni-channel business. We have our own stores. We have our own online business. And we have we sit on other people's shelves. There's a lot that goes into that. Inventory management, supply chains, um, understanding the the what are those levers that makes an Alta customer want to buy from us? And how does Alta think about this relationship? Which, by the way, anyone listening, they are the most wonderful partner that you could ever ask for. So if anybody from Alta or thinking about Alta, do a deal with them. These are good people. We have established an amazing partnership that I'm very proud of. They saw us. They came to us and said, there's been no prestige hair color. And in many of their stores, we're it. There's no other boxes because they believe that a woman deserves this experience. The number one selling thing in Alta for Madison Reed is the salon person in Alta who walks their customers out to our shelf and says, buy this. So it's the stylist. So there's the efficacy. So there's complexity in that. You know, we're approaching 750 people. Wow. Like, you know, in your wildest dreams as an entrepreneur, you know, you're excited when there's four and then there's 20. <laughs> you're like at 100, you're thinking, woo, woo, right? 700. 700 people that I don't have a personal relationship with all of them. 
You know, how do we infuse and keep the culture alive in places where there's not a HQ person walking through? So challenging. Yes. So one day you're next. One day you're going to have 7,000 employees globally, I'm sure. So (laughs) Um, I welcome that as long as we're doing the right things for them. Yeah. I, I fear that size and scale starts to cloud your vision. Uh, so we pay 100% of benefits for stylists. 100%. We pay our stylists 2 to 3x what they could ever make when you include their tips and you include commissions. They're, play, they're paid a base hourly rate that's higher. Okay. And then all the stuff that they can make. We want to give career ladder rate. We have people, I have, we have people who started with us opening a store, one of the early 12 that are now running entire states and regions. When I tell you, like you could bring tears to my eyes, when people say to me at events or something, I want you to hear this, Amy, like I'm here until I retire. This job changed my life. My kids went to college because of this job. That's when we know we did the right thing. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Amy. I really appreciate you sharing your story. My pleasure. One of the most incredible ones I've ever heard, genuinely. Uh, so thank you. Very sweet. To say for that. anyone who wants to find out more information on yourself and Madison Reed, where can I direct them? www.madison-reed.com. Um, I do have an outward-facing email. I'll give it to people. It's my initials, A-E, at madison-reed.com. Uh, check out our website. Pop into 76 stores. Everything's on the website. And I'm happy to answer any questions any of you have. Uh, ping me. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to leave a review and subscribe to all future episodes. For show notes and resources mentioned, go to glamandgrow.co. This show is produced by Wavebreak. If you're an e-commerce marketing leader who wants to take your email and CRM program to the next level, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co. Thanks so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Wavebreak. Most brands don't email right and it costs them. With ad costs getting more and more expensive, a world-class email and SMS program is essential. This is why Wavebreak exists. We're the premier email and SMS marketing agency that helps brands take their retention programs to the next level. If you want to learn more about partnering with us and how we can help, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co slash call.